Hello, Salon Sleuth fans. My name is Melissa and my co-host is Leslie. We decided we wanted to share our salon stories. We both have an interest in crime stories and a fascination with the psychic world. So settle in each week as we share another story with you. Who knows, you might even learn something. Ladies, have you been led astray? Did you diddle where maybe you shouldn't have dabbled? Have you been unfaithful to your husband, wife, partner, main squeeze? Well, there's a judgment-free podcast just for you. Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity, hosted by Rebecca Adams, tells the stories of these women from their perspective, anonymously and without judgment. I met the first man I had an emotional affair with online. He was far away, but he provided me with all of the emotional validation that my marriage was lacking. The first time we talked, he showed an interest in me as a person. It was refreshing. If you need to come clean, get it off your chest, confess your sins with no Hail Marys required, then Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is the podcast for you. And remember, it's completely anonymous and judgment-free. Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity, is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today. Hello, Leslie. How are you? I'm doing good. I haven't talked to you in a whole week. Has it been that long already? It has, since the last time recorded. we recorded. What have you been doing? Well, let's see. I got a sofa today. Oh, what kind? Yeah. Did you get a sectional? What did you do? I did. I replaced our old icky sectional with um, a new beautiful one. Nice. Well, yeah. we're settling into empty nesting now. You know, our yeah. kids are both back at school and just getting a new way of life over here. And it started raining this week and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you guys are gone a lot. So that's kind of cool. Well, I don't think we've been gone a lot during COVID, but... Like you guys do a lot of things together. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. We haven't got there yet. Well, no, you, you, it's really hard when you still have kids and you have so many kids, you know, you have four compared to my two, it was a little easier and mine are so close in age that it kind of happened. Boom, boom for us. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. I told you that we had taken and rented an RV and went to the Wallawas, right? Yes. Okay. Well, which is gorgeous. I can't say enough about it, but we had stopped at like one of those RV parks and spent the night and you know how they have those little share library neighborhood libraries. Yeah. Well, they actually had one there. So I was looking through it and I found this DVD, um, from OPB, which is Oregon broadcast, public, public yeah. Oregon, sorry, Oregon broadcast. No, Oregon. <laughs> OPB, Oregon OPB. Public Broadcast. There we go. There we go. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, I found a video which was um, put on by them, which was the massacre, massacre at Hell's Canyon. And I was like, oh, this looks like a salon sleuth's topic. I've never Where is Hell's Canyon? Yeah. Do you know where Hell's Canyon is? No. that's wh Where is it? Oh, my gosh. You've never heard of that either? I don't think so. Oh, Leslie. Okay. Well, Hell's Canyon is along the Snake River. And the Snake River separates Idaho from Oregon. Ooh. And I have never been there. I have heard of it. My husband has actually rafted down it. But it's it's basically like you're in the river and there's just two canyon walls on either side. One side Idaho, one side Oregon. Okay. So I was very interested in this. So um, anyways, I watched the video. I also did some research online and there is um, on OPB, it, there was a piece written by Cami Horton. I want to just shout out to her. Well, so here's the deal. This goes way back. Okay. 1887. All right. Okay. 34 Chinese gold miners um, were along the Snake River and they would come in like posses or groups to help mine for gold because everybody thought Hell's Canyon had a lot of gold. 
And um, they worked for typically white people, okay? And this is going to become important, but they were usually they were kind of in groups, um, posses of people along the river. Well, in 1887, a gang of men from Wallawa County basically ambushed them and killed them. And they did horrible, horrible things to them. But they didn't just stop with one group of these Chinese men. They actually did several groups over the course of two days. And why this is so interesting is because it's really been a cover-up for like a hundred years. I'd never heard of it. You grew up here, right? Yeah. Did you, were you born here? Yeah. Okay. I'd never heard of this massacre at Hell's Canyon or anything, but the interesting part about this or not interesting, the sad is that at the time they knew who the killers were. They um, actually had someone confess and they never convicted anyone. And then it was subsequently really covered up for like a hundred years. But in 1995, a Wallawa County clerk uncovered these hidden trial documents that had been shoved into some um, like file cabinet. And so she started reading through these things going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like I, she'd never heard of them either. And they were Chinese laborers who helped mine for gold in search um, for what they called Gold Mountain. And um, it really became like this hush, hush, we're not going to do anything about it. Um, and so that's when all of this came to light. Well, now we've learned that in 1850, so this was 1887, in 1850, there was the gold rush and tens of thousands of Chinese laborers came to North America to help with the mining. And in addition to mining, they operated laundries, gardened, they ran and operated boarding houses, they worked as cooks, they worked on railroads, they worked in canneries, labor, in factories. Um, my husband was just telling me that they actually built Lake Oswego. They like oh. did a lot of that, you know, digging out of that lake. And um, during this time here in Oregon, they faced really bad discrimination, really widespread discrimination. And in 1882, the Chinese Exclusion Act barred any other Chinese laborers from ent entering the U.S. So it was impossible for the Chinese to become citizens or to legally own land. And racist mobs would burn down their communities. They would um, attack and destroy any of their livelihood, like if they did own a laundry, a laundromat or, or a cook, you know, like a restaurant or something like that, they'd destroy them. They really just made it hard for them to live in Oregon. And this kind of happened all over the country. But today I'm really focusing on Oregon because, you know, I think you and I have touched on racism and the BLM movement. But um, I guess I didn't realize, I'd heard kind of rumors about Oregon being like a hub of um, racist people that kind of started it, but I didn't know how far and how deep it really went. And so I, in, until I really started researching this story and, but the, um, they were also, these Chinese people were also shot and they were lynched and they had no legal recourse. So in 1887, when the gang of, and they call them horse thieves, gunned down and killed 34 Chinese gold miners, um, they were, by the way, on the Oregon side of the Snake River. They actually did finally put up a memorial um, in that location for these Chinese gold miners that died in Hell's Canyon. Is in, it still there? It is still there. It is still okay. there. And in um, Wiki, this is from Wikipedia now. In okay. 2005, the area was renamed the Chinese Massacre Cove. A memorial was placed there in 2012. So it really wasn't until like a few years ago that this was really, um, you know, memorialized and admitted to almost. But so here's the interesting thing. They actually know the the guys who did this. I'm going to just read off the names. 
Um, Evans JT, he must have went by Ty to Canfield. Uh, CO, which I don't know what that stands for, Homer LaRue, Frank Vaughn, Carl or Hezekiah Hughes. I don't know how to say that name. H E Z E K I A. Hiram Maynard and Robert McMillan. And the interesting part about Robert McMillan is he was a 15 year old boy. So these seven men robbed, murdered, mutilated these 34 Chinese men in several different attacks. And basically the whole thing was just really to harass them, but they would steal any money they had, any belongings they wanted of theirs and any gold that they'd found. Um, And they did this over a course of a couple days, as I said, and a news article published in July of 1887 after this happened um, the corpses started to, to wash up, right? Because they just threw them back in the river. And so it wasn't kind of for a couple days when we started seeing these bodies or they started seeing these bodies, you know, coming to shore. The newspaper said, get this, a severe warning to Chinese miners. And the article went on to blame the victims of this massacre. Mm-hmm. And a second article said that the Chinese miners had been killed by a rival Chinese group, which was not true. Well, a bunch of lies. Yep. And in a year later, in 1888, Frank Vaughn confessed to the crime, and he was actually arrested. And but almost all of the original gang had actually left America, and three of the gang, Maynard, McMillan, and Hughes were brought to trial, but none were ever convicted. And September 1st of 1888, the three men were actually found innocent. J.T. Canfield was imprisoned in Canvas, sorry, Canvas, in Kansas for stealing mules. And he actually returned to Walla, uh, Wallawa County. And then he took off again. But the interesting part about that is that there's actually, um, oh, wait, nope, that's Bruce, sorry. Okay, then the other guy, Bruce Evans, was actually arrested within a week on unrelated rustling charges. He was like rustling, I guess, horses. I don't know. He escaped from custody and fled. And he has an engraved arch in his, mem- in memory of him in Enterprise, Oregon, still honoring him. Oh. Yeah. And LaRue was rumored to have died in his dispute over a card game. And the 15-year-old Robert McMillan died of diphtheria in 1988. So that was just a year later that he actually died. Wow. So these dudes were bad. Yeah. Bad dudes. But I had never heard of that. And then, Leslie, I went down the rabbit hole of Oregon's racist history. Mm. And this is what profoundly just makes me sad. Obviously, that's a very sad story. That's seven guys who are just, like, despicable, right? Yeah. But then, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the website Gizmodo, G-I-Z-M-O-D-O.com. Matt Norvak, I actually read an article written by him, and Oregon was founded as a racist utopia, is the title of his article. So in 1858, this was years before this massacre, the state was granted statehood. And the Constitution of the state of Oregon was the only state in the Union that forbid forbid Black people from um, living, working, or owning property in Oregon. What year was that? That was 1859. Was that when we were just Oregon? Yeah, we were granted statehood, and that was in our constitution, that black people could not live here, they couldn't work here, and they couldn't own property. That's just This was the case, Leslie, until 1926. I just can't believe that. I couldn't either. I mean, I have heard all of this kind of, you know, this kind of thing. And, and let's be honest, we don't have a lot of black people here. Um, it's, it's certainly not what I would like to see. 
I would like to see a more diverse state. I'm just flabbergasted that, and it gets worse. So in 1950s, he talks about Waddle's Coffee Shop in Portland. It was a drive-in for coffee and pie, but they had a sign that read, White Trade Only Please. And did you also know that in America, and this was um, back in 2000, I want to say this was 2012 numbers, um, and I forgot, I was actually going to look it up for now, but um, like present day, only 13% of Americans are black. Whoa. And guess how much in Oregon's population? How much? 2%. Oh, that's sad. Isn't it? And so anyways, um, you know, after we became a state, um, or actually before we became a state in the 1840s, white Oregonians opposed slavery. But all in in the same time, they were oppressing Native Americans in the area. So they were saying, no, 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 we oppose slavery, but they were doing horrible things to Native Americans, taking land, all this kind of stuff. Um, they didn't they didn't approve of slavery, but they also didn't want to live near black Americans. And so in the summer of 1844, the legislative committee passed a provision that any free black people where in this, that were in the state should be, should flee in two years or be such subject to flogging. What is flogging? Flogging is a public beating. Ew. And then they go on to say that flogging would be continuous every six months until they left. Oh my God. So a year later, December of 1845, the flogging portion was removed. Mm. Yeah. So instead, free black people who remain would be offered up publicly for hire to any white person who would remove them from the territory. Mm. Okay, this is the shocker. Yeah. It was that way until 1973 when Oregon re-ratified the 14th Amendment. That is two years after I was born. Isn't that weird? How's that possible? Weird is not the adjective I would use. Yeah. And, okay, so I kind of stopped at this point because I was a little bit depressed and and I felt like, okay, this started out as Hell's Canyon and now we're coming into oppression and, you know, just severe racism. But um, I started going down the road of the majority of police um, back in the day were part of the Ku Klux Klan. They have pictures of themselves fully hooded, excuse me, with members of the Portland City Council. Um, blacks were brought here to help take things off of the big boats that would come into the port, but they were only allowed to be in one area of North Portland. They were not allowed to go anywhere else. And I think this just really struck a chord with me because it was 1973. I was two years old when all of this stuff seems like it should have happened Way before our times. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know. I, and I, I think this is what I would say. You know, there's a lot of people who say that white privilege isn't a thing and that, you know, oh, it's all made up. And, you know, I mean, even that white people have hijacked the Black Lives Matter movement. And I would say, really? I think it's we, totally I think, real. And the thing is, it's so sad because we don't even know that we're being prejudiced. I personally don't know that I'm being prejudiced at times, but I know that there are people who are like, they're out there. They know, they put it out there that they are racist or whatever. And like, I may say things, but it may not be on purpose. Malicious. Right. Yeah. Like I would never purposely try to hurt anybody's feelings, but out of ignorance, I may say things wrong that may, maybe 
come across that way to somebody else. Like, but I would never do that on purpose because I just don't know. And I mean, to me, I just can't believe it's an actual thing because I don't personally walk that walk, but when well, I and hear local right stories, person. like you hear these stories yeah. and they're in our own neighborhoods and I'm just, it's so hard to even understand what's happening. Well, and as a white person with white privilege, who's always had white privilege, I don't think we have a right to say it isn't a thing. I don't right. think we have a right to say it isn't true. I think we have to acknowledge that we have to make changes that until you walk in someone else's shoes, you have to acknowledge their feelings. And when this many, you know, people come together and I feel like it's also our duty as white privileged people to stand up with the black lives matter, you know, protests and things and say, you know what, we're not going to accept this. All lives are equal. All lives matter. Why is this this is not just a black person problem, I guess, is where I come from. This is all of humanity. This is all Americans. It's all divided in so many different ways. And you can just not like somebody because you don't personally um, maybe agree with their points of views or whatever. But to base it basic, basically on their skin color or their background is ridiculous. Every person yeah. should be come in on a clean slate and you get to know that person and base it on that, not by anything else. Yeah. It, it's just shocking to me. But that... how do you make that change? Like how as a whole, as a community, do we even begin to make that change and make it not a division? And I guess the only way I can think of is we, we need to stand up and, and maybe I don't know, show that, like, you know, walk that walk. Right. I think I, listening to what they say and really hearing them, um, and I say them meaning anyone, like, I'm not just saying by color, because I think there's a lot of um, people of all sorts of color and, and religious, you know, denominations, that we need to listen to those things. And as a person who has lived a life a, with white privilege, B, in a predominantly white state, obviously, um, that was rooted and founded it, with racism, we need to stop and listen. We need to hear what they're saying. We need to acknowledge that, yeah, maybe I didn't do it personally, but just like you said, I could be contributing to it and I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of got into it and I try not to, but on Facebook with someone and, um, I said I was calling, um, black people, African-American. And she was like, you know, that makes you sound racist. They're not all from Africa. It's called black Americans. And she basically called me racist because I said African-American. Well, I thought African-American was what was politically correct. Um, and so that's one more thing that I'm like, you know what? That's a great point. I, I never knew that. I, I did not know that was a thing. It makes total sense. Um, I will be checked from now on, right? I'm listening well, to that. Well, that's hard. Like, how do you then distinguish how you call somebody if you don't know their background to begin with? Well, and, and I'm not well, in. So we don't even need to address their race. That is, that's already creating a division. In fact, like I've been known to do that, like, oh, this is my friend. They're from this place. And th that doesn't matter. None of that right. matters. What, the, what right. you need to know is you're my friend, Melissa, and we do a podcast together. Nobody yeah. needs to know your background or where you came from or whatever. And like, and I should do that with every single one of my friends, even if they were not originally from America. Well, and the reason why I had to use some description is because we were talking about the Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And so that there are some descriptors that you have to use, right? right. Um, but anyways, yeah, it, that opened my eyes. I also didn't know that, you know, they don't really like to be called out for their hair. Like I am obsessed there's a Peloton instructor called Allie Love. I'm obsessed with her hair. It is so cute. It is 
oh, so curly. And she's got all these great highlights. I'm obsessed with it. I, I really would like to have this because you always want what you can't have, right? I have straight, yeah. long blonde hair and she has this magnificent curly hair. And that is somewhat a little bit taboo, I guess, from coming from a white woman, I guess. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. But um, I'm listening. And I guess I just can't say anything about it. I, I don't know. I don't know where that line is. Like, how well, if you... I liked your hair and I was obsessed with your hair, would that come across as being weird only because you're white? It's not. I don't know. See, that's where I'm confused. And, uh, you know, we need listeners to help us with this. But um, I think that calling calling anything out as different. I, and you know what? Quite frankly, I get it all the time. And maybe this is this is not the time to do it. What's that? Maybe, maybe this isn't the time to discuss those things, you know, about hair or whatever it is like to point out those differences, even though you would truly like her hair and it's just for that because she's of a different race. People maybe are too sensitive to that right now during all of this chaos. So maybe we just have to wait to be able to acknowledge those things until things have changed. Could be. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, as you know, I get comments all the time about how tall I am. I had a woman (laughs) stop me in new seasons. Oh, God bless her. She clearly lived alone. She was older. Her husband had died because I basically got her whole life story. I know how many kids she has. (laughs) I know where they live. She talked to me for 25 minutes. And the sole opener was, Oh, you are so tall, just like me. And she was the kindest, most, you know, nicest lady. But she wanted to sit and talk about how when she was growing up, you know, how things were to be a tall girl and and me too, you know. So I was telling her some and I got done and it it was a long conversation. Even at one point I was like, okay, we'll have a good day. You know, this kind of thing. (laughs) Nope. We talked for another 10, 15 minutes. And I kind of feel bad because I think, oh, she's probably living alone. She has nobody to talk to. Like this is her outing, right? Yeah. And so I get up to check out and and that guy, uh, my checkout guy says, well, that's nice to catch up with, with friends, you know? And I go, I didn't know her. <laughs> He's like, oh, because <laughs> I was like right by the checkout. I was like fixing to go in and check out. <laughs> but everybody's a potential friend. Yes. yes. You know, she's For your new sure. friend. Like, yeah. and yeah. how great was that? That you, he just thought you were old friends. It wasn't like yeah. weird and she or awkward. Was, or... She was trying to bond over me being tall. Now, not all of the comments are from other tall people that I get, you know, I get them all over the board and sometimes they're positive. Sometimes they're kind of a little weird and you're like, really, did you need to do that? But uh, on the whole, I know that people are, um, gab smock. What is it? Gab, gab smack? No, gab smacked. Oh my gosh. What is that word? (laughs) gobsmacked cobs gobsmacked that's the word leslie they're gobsmacked right they're just like shocked at how tall i am and i do that sometimes even in volleyball with these really tall girls i'm like wow she's tall you know and i'll yeah you know as a tall woman it's a little different right so i definitely think you know if you are of a race and you talk to somebody else in that same race and you're saying something it's different coming from them than you know, here's another short girl saying how tall I am, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's it. And so I just need to keep my mouth shut for a while. I don't know. (laughs) But I do think that we're all trying to understand how we're contributing and what we're doing to impact this. I certainly know I am. I'm trying to listen to this. Um, And it's a tough, it's a tough topic because I don't want to offend anyone, but I also don't, I'm also friendly, you know? Yeah. So, well, and I think like, I don't know. And I, I have, um, you know, some clients of different races and I told them from the very beginning, I'm like, listen, I probably will say something over the course of knowing you that might come across as shocking or maybe just wrong and knowing, just know that I would never do anything and call me out on it. Like, you know, just be upfront because again, white privilege, we don't even know sometimes that we might be offending somebody and please let me know if that happens. Um, but just also know that I would never do it on purpose. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a hard one. And, and also y- you would be so sad to hear that you had said something that somebody didn't tell you that yeah. was offensive, right? Yeah. Like that whole African-American thing. I didn't know that that was not politically correct anymore. And I've actually heard lots of people using that term since that. But I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Like I get why, unless you came or your heritage was from Africa, like that makes sense, right? They're black Americans. Like I get that. Um, but I also don't think I needed to be called a racist when I said it because I wouldn't know. Because you were just wrong. You just I, said the yeah. wrong thing. Yeah. 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 Not wrong in the fact that you were just trying to get a point across, but wrong in the words you chose. Correct. Yeah. I don't Correct. I It's everyone's super sensitive to everything right now. And I just think um, some battles won't be won right now. <laughs> you know, maybe we just can sit back and understand them versus. Yeah. And I, to... I kind of agree with them with a lot of people being sensitive right now. I think we need to have sensitivity training. I think that I, as someone that comes from white privilege, needs to understand more, needs to listen, needs to have more sensitivity training. It's almost like in college, you know, they're they're actually doing sensitivity training and, and those kinds of things. In some workplaces, they do that. And I think that's good. I think I need something like that. Yeah. We all probably do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know how that works. I don't, I think there's a whole lot of Americans probably that wouldn't want to do that, but I certainly would. Yeah. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we need to start that. How do you start it? Just a know. sensitivity, maybe. find an expert on it and maybe yeah. have them on. Maybe Sonia Renee Taylor, who I totally dig that I think I talked about last time, right? Did I talk about her with my body is not an apology? I think you mentioned it. Oh, Leslie. Okay. Podcast. There was a book that you mentioned that yes. we should get. Podcast with Brene Brown and Sonia Renee Taylor talking about her book, My Body is Not an Apology. And, um, you know, not only does she touch on um, Black Americans and, and kind of the ladder, the social ladder, but she also talks about women's bodies, which is universal across the board, right? We all worry about our bodies and men too. I don't think it's just women. Um, but she talks about that and that you shouldn't be apologizing because you're 10 pounds higher than you want to be or 20 pounds or a hundred pounds. Like why are we judging on the outside when we really should be judging what's in the inside? Yeah. Right. And, and to say that there's no, uh, prejudice based on your weight, it would be false too. Yes. There is definitely prejudice on that. And so that's another area where, you know, I think universally we all could be better about um, sensitivity around that. Yeah, for sure. I know heavy topic, huh? It is. I did meet some friends on TikTok. They are amazing. They're Michael and Cindy. Their handle on TikTok. What do you call that? Their name on TikTok? Their username on TikTok? Yeah. I'm not sure how to say it. It's C-H-I-N-N-Y-L-E-A. Chinny Lee? Is that what that sounds like? Or looks like? Or Chinny Leah. Oh. Well, anyway, it is at C-H-I-N-N-Y-L-E-A. And they are, they love, they talk about, um, she must be a medium. They both must be like a medium or psychics of some sort. But they talk about ghost stories and paranormal and um, and different activities. They go to these different places and experience things. So I, they love to tell these stories on TikTok. And so I reached out to them and they are in Arizona and uh, they have agreed to talk with us. And I just said, I want to know how you guys met. And I want to know some stories. Tell us some ghost stories. It's October. Let's hear some things. And so they have totally agreed to uh, meet with us. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, good. Okay. They're a retired couple. She actually reminds me of one of my old clients. And I don't mean like old in age, but an old, a client that I used to have. Wait, and, you're uh, retired? Like her. 
Yeah, they're retired. And they're on TikTok? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm not even on TikTok. I know my friends uh, are on TikTok, but. Yeah, it's kind of dangerous. You, it, you'll spend hours. It, like, by the way, did you see that recent video of the, the guy that was confronted by the cougar? Yes, where the cougar was like lunging at him? Yeah. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Well, in the very beginning, you see she has her babies. <gasps> and she's protecting her babies. Oh. And it went on for six minutes. I don't know if you saw that. So I first saw that on TikTok. And then I saw it again on Facebook. But um, that was super intense. Only because my boys, they go out. All of my boys, including my husband. They go out on these trails and stuff. And we were at, oh gosh, Smith smith rock yeah smith rock and they ran into a cougar well i not really ran into it they had just gone on this trail and right behind tristan the cougar jumped out of the bush and Ooh. ran up the hill and they knew it was a cougar because they saw the tail the big long tail Ooh. but they were right there and so they went down and um i think they told like the ranger and they're like oh we've heard there's one in the area uh we'll go keep our eye on it back there you know and so Ooh. they were telling people as they were walking that way like hey there's a cougar over there like so, so does my bear spray work with cougars? <laughs> I think anything because you, you, you have to fight back or you will die. They will just kill you. It's, they are no joke. They okay, are scary. So that guy who was walking and videoing, I mean, that yeah. is the last thing I'm going to be frigging doing when a cougar's coming at me. But I was wondering, was he walking backward? Was he what? Was he walking backward? I think he was because you cannot turn your back to a cougar. Oh. So a lot of people like mountain bikers, they put eyeballs on the back of their helmets because it doesn't look like their backs to it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen, <laughs> have you seen those? Um, oh my gosh. What's the name of them? They're birds in Australia that are like attacking people. So you need to Google magpie attacks bicyclists in Australia. There okay. is a woman. <laughs> she tries like three different things to get these magpies to not attack her. And one of the things is she puts eyeballs, like just draws eyeballs on the back of her helmet. Well, that did not work. <laughs> so funny. Is it just her or everybody? Well, no, it's everybody. In fact, there's one of a little boy who's like riding a scooter down a hill and the magpies are just, well, one, I think in particular is just attacking him and he's screaming down. And the guy who's like filming this is laughing at him and I'm like, okay, can you help the kid? Like the kid oh is just God. like, this is there. me. I was on Beaverton Hillsdale highway in front of like Fred Myers, um, yeah. kind of, um, yeah, by Lombard, kind of over there. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there, and there's this person. They've got very curly hair, and I think it was red at the time. And they're walking, and these birds are, like, diving down and, like, collecting their hair, I'm guessing, for nests. <gasps> and, like, and the, this person was like, oh, that's weird. Like, oh, that, that bird. And then you see him do it again and again. And this poor kid could not get away from these birds who were, like, obsessed with this kid's hair. But I was dying laughing in the car because I was like, I mean, I wasn't going to help them. I'm in the car, but I was dying laughing because I know what they're doing. I think they're collecting for their nest, but they really liked his hair. And he's like dumping his head down. He's finally taking his jacket off and rubbing, wrapping in his hair. And, <laughs> and okay. I was, I think I, I was, was laughing. On, you were mentioning TikTok. I think it was on TikTok that this girl was doing it. But I just Googled it. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it says that a man died. Australian oh. cyclist dies after being startled by a swooping magpie. Oh. Oh. What does a magpie look like? It looks like a black and white, like crow almost. Oh, yuck. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. But I think it's because they have babies in a tree. And it, for yeah. some reason, I don't, it seems to be the, the cyclists, that kid was on a, like a scooter. Um, but I'm not sure why it's just seems to be cyclists. It says, keep alert and pay attention for any magpie nesting sites. Travel in groups where possible as the birds often target individuals. Wear sunglasses and with a hat to protect your head and eyes. 
Oh my God. If a magpie swoops while you're cycling, it will probably stop swooping if you get off your bike and walk, which I did see she did do that. That was one of her things. Wow. Oh my That's goodness. weird. Well, can I tell you a, a crime story, but it has been solved, but this happened here in Portland in yes. March of 2013. Yeah. So we'll end it on a creepy note. Okay. Okay, so there's this man named James Speedle, I guess is his name. It's S P E I D E L. How would you say that? Yeah. Spidel, Speedle. Yeah. He was a husband and father of four. And so it was a Monday night around 11:30 and the house alarm goes off and the police go and respond. And uh, first they call the house. No one's there. Then they go to the house. Nothing appears to be wrong with the house. It doesn't appear that anybody broke in or anything. So they leave, but they leave a little card and they left a voicemail on a cell phone and the home phone. And it just didn't seem like anybody was home. So sometime in the evening, um, the family comes home. I think, I believe it was the wife and the four kids and they go to bed. And what turns out was, um, I don't know, about four in the morning, the, one of the sons wakes up, goes to the mom's room and he's like, I smell something. Well, she gets up and it smells like natural gas and it's like bad. So she gets everybody out of the house. She calls North Northwest natural. The man comes out and, um, he's like, you need to call the sheriff's office. <laughs> there, This is bad. So that when the sheriff comes out, they explain and they, they have to get everybody out of it. Like they're evacuating this neighborhood because the gas line to the barbecue had been cut and it was shoved into a crawl space under the house. <gasps> now the husband has, was out of town, I believe. Um, from what I could tell it, he wasn't home. And so she's like, oh my God, there was enough gas in the house that could have um, like messed up the houses next door. So oh, they're happy oh, to get yeah. out of it. So, I mean, this was super crazy. And the kids were the ages between three and nine years old. Ugh. Yeah. So let's see. Let me go back to my notes here. But did um, you say there was a guy home? You said an alarm went off. So no, they nobody was home. And so maybe this is around the time when things were, maybe this is when it happened. Oh, okay. You know, because the, the alarm had gone off like consecutive for a little while. Like I think a couple of days maybe, but okay. that night before, and then, then that midnight, like at four o'clock in the morning is when this all happened. Okay. And so the husband, this is what's so crazy. He was 36. He was a business director at Nike. He was in charge of the Sparks division. And I'm not sure exactly what Sparks means, um, but it was that division of Nike. And he was found hiding in the grassy area off the Northwest Germantown Road. And he was taken to the hospital because he had some sort of injuries. And then right when he was released, he was arrested for that. He was eventually um, convicted. Um he had, there was a lot of things like there was no actual record that he had this degree that he complained or that he said that he had. Um, there were a lot of like mistruths, I believe. Wait a second. So he yeah. claimed he went out of town for a business meeting, left his three kids or four kids, three kids. Yeah. Four kids and, and wife home. And the alarm went off several nights in a row. Well, I'm confused. Yeah. So I think it had gone off the, like, the day before and then that night. So I think when the alarm goes off now, nobody's going to take it very seriously because yeah. it had been going off. Right. When it had gone out the night before. Well, she was when she was told to call the police, call the sheriff's office because something was very wrong. Well, apparently it was her husband who, while he was out of town, wasn't really out of town and he was trying to kill his family. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because did that's when they found why? him in the grassy hill. What's that? Did he ever say why? No, that's the other weird thing. Like, are you just so unhappy that you want to do that? But the wife did say that he had a history of being depressed and suicidal. Well, okay, are things catching up with him at work and that's why, or maybe he just can't afford life anymore? Or was he truly just depressed and suicidal and he wanted to kill his entire family? Like, or he wanted a divorce but didn't want to have to pay child support and alimony? Yeah, I don't know. Like, he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Is he, and, still, is, is he still in prison? 
Well, this happened in 2013, and he got 20 years, so I'm assuming he's still there. What's his name? His name is James Spidel, Spidel, S-P-E-I-D-E-L. Huh. Wow. I just think that's really sad. Like, And if you're depressed and suicidal, then don't take your whole family with you. Or if you want to, like, I mean, at least be home with them. Like, right, you know, Jeez. like he was just going to kill his whole family. I just find it really scary when um, things seem pretty normal and then you hear stories like that. You know? So had that gas been, so the gas hadn't been going on for three days. It just, he'd just been tripping the alarm in other random ways. And then I'm guessing people would do that so that when the alarm goes off, it's not a big deal. Like, Oh, it's just something's going on with our system. And I don't know if that's why that the alarm had gone off, but he definitely had cut the, the line to the gas barbecue and stuck it inside the house. Well, so let's I just guess, say the child never woke up yeah. like in anything, her hair dryer or whatever could have, well, they would have woke up, they would smell it, but, or they'd be dead. Right. Cause can't you die from that smell? Yeah. That's a carbon monoxide. So I wonder if he had a carbon monoxide alarm. Why didn't he just cancel the alarm system? I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe he didn't mean to do that. Like I, well, why do it all at all at anyway? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It was just really sad. They lived off of like, Kind of in the Bethany area. Oh my! Do you God. remember hearing? I remember hearing about this story. No, I did not. I do not remember hearing about this story. Yeah, those crazy family annihilator people. Oh my gosh! And so, well, and and as a family, divorce, right? I don't know. She just said that um, he has a history of depression and stuff. I mean, I'm assuming they're not together. He tried to kill them. Seriously? <laughs> How could you? Yeah. Anyway. That's my creepy Halloween story. Oh, I don't like that story. It wasn't that even was Halloween. It was like March. Note. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm excited to okay, meet but... our new friends. And, and also, then... we should do a handful shout out. Okay, ladies, we heard that the handful code was not working. And so we talked to the powers that be. And all of you that have never tried a handful bra need to go to handful.com. And put in the code Salon Sleuths. Do spell it correctly. Sleuth is S L E U. And put in the code Salon Sleuths, and you will get 25% off of um, any one item, including sale items. So take a look. It is worth your purchase. You will love it. I think there's even free shipping all the time and they're actually um, getting ready to launch their new line for fall. So I'm super excited. Can't wait to see what, what's hot. Is it just new. for bras? Because they have really cool no. leggings and stuff too. Is it just no. okay. leggings too? Yeah. Love the leggings. I've got several pairs of the leggings. I love them. I even have the tanks. And if you're yeah. a woman, chances are you wear a bra. So yeah. just try it. Just support us please just do yeah, that and you want to flatter not flatten yeah totally who wants that and you know what chances are we've all had a little bit of a you know that the way they call it freshman 15 we all have like a covid 50 so my <laughs> husband wants to call it the covid 19 <laughs> yes totally it's a covid 19 uh, which all means y'all need a new bra and get out and walk do something I know. outside and if you've been watching any, you know, clean out shows, I'm not going to name the one that I've been watching, but you've cleaned out your clothes, you've gotten rid of the clothes that don't fit or just are scrubby. You know what? Treat yourself. We need to get rid of the COVID-19. We need to get back in shape. Get your, you know, get your things on that make you feel good, that want want to make you exercise. Totally. Get a water bottle and a new bra. Yeah, I actually did on the Amazon Prime Days today. I got a new, um, it's not a hydro flask, but it's like a hydro flask. I'm super excited. It's 32 ounces because mine is 20 and it's just not quite big, big enough sometimes. I always feel like if I get a new water bottle, I'll drink more water. I have like 30 water bottles, but <laughs> well, we <laughs> yeah, do it still too. doesn't work. We do too. We have a lot of water bottles, but the, we do not have a lot of the big ones. Like everybody except for me has a big one and I do yeah. not. So now you do. Now I do. No excuses. Hey, we I do mean, need some help. We do need some help with a couple of things that we're working on, kind of long range things. We need help. We need somebody from Winston, Oregon 
we need to kind of spread the word down there in Winston um, to help us. Robert E. Bennett. He was here in Portland, but he may have some roots down in Winston. And it would be great if anybody who has come across him knows him, knows of him from that area or from this area. If you recognize that name, we would love to talk to you. He had lots of aliases. Do you know any of them? Do you remember? I do not. Let me just see if I come across any. He was about to change his name to Larry Dwayne White, but he didn't have that chance because he got caught before that. But he also had used the name Bill Anderson. And there was a, a bunch of names. But anyway, if anybody from Winston, Oregon, or from Portland, Oregon, or anywhere, because he actually went to Las Vegas, he went to... He was in Utah, but um, Bill Anderson or Robert E. Bennett, he has now passed away, but um, he was convicted of murder and his wife went missing and she's still gone. So we just wanted to talk to you, fill in some gaps of the holes of where he um, may have been during some years that he's unaccounted for. Bobby Jack Fowler. We are looking for anyone who knows anything about Bobby Jack Fowler. It's actually uh, suspected that he's been in many different states, and we're looking for anyone that knows where potentially a brown, a 1984 Ford Ranger pickup license plate was Oregon, PNB as in boy, 116. We have reason to believe that the brown truck may be painted a red or a blue, and it may be unlicensed or licensed only for use on farms. So we want to do a shout out really across the nation, but we are uh, we have reason to believe that maybe in Sioux City, Iowa, um, we really need people to um, identify and keep a lookout. If you see this truck, please let us know. Contact us via our website, salonsluice.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.